episode <laughs> seven. So here's our cups. And there's a chance. Zanny Matter Foundation. And there's a chance this is wine. Um, and Zanny bought me this for Mother's Day one year. Wow. Yeah. So this is in my don't touch cup row. Yeah. You like to touch? That's but, the one I, yeah, yeah. I had for the last episode. <laughs> well, hey, guys, it's August. Uh, we're excited to be back. We're not going to be talking about uh, the Fed's <laughs> announcement of consumer uh, price index tomorrow because it's definitely weighing on the stocks, and I'm letting it ride on the options, yeah. but that's not what we're talking about yeah, today. I mean, we're not talking day trading, which okay. is your day job right now. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about um, faith deconstruction. It's been oh. a big buzzword out there um lots of people hold on i need another if you drink. youtube <laughs> faith deconstruction or deconstruction of faith actually we've seen a couple of podcasts out there yeah recently we have about that our friend paul amongst others yeah, yeah there's different folks that are talking about it so we wanted to share our thoughts on that and um you know how it relates to parts of our journey but this is a big deal and part of it that sparked this if you I've been watching the news lately. Uh, you've seen several reports out of the Post, um, or it's the Washington Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, um, different news outlets reporting recent um, updates this year on a significant decline in regular church attendance. Right. Uh, and as I looked at the data, the biggest jump out was for Gen Xers, which is our generation. Those that grew up with Ronald Reagan in the background, uh, that is the biggest decline of churchgoers as a percentage um, from the pandemic. And I think overall they said or it's... since pandemic? Yeah, since the pandemic. Something like 40 million Americans have just... they Maybe they went to online church, maybe they didn't when everything shut down, mm -hmm. and they just haven't gone back. And we're two of those. It's a big number, and uh, it's a it's 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 a big topic, and you you know you read all of it, and I read some good commentary, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that you know our experience, um, friends of ours that are in that same camp, but I think that's a that's a big one because it is in our age bracket for right. those that are Gen Xers, um, so I guess the first question, and this is just our opinion, is why like based on people you've talked to, based on people you know, and we've had several recent conversations with people that were, I mean, religiously religious. Well, that I just, wouldn't say religiously religious. They were religiously... Religious meaning they, they, they showed up on time. They were, yeah. they were volunteers. But they, not religious, because they wholeheartedly, like ourselves, wholeheartedly, and we've talked about this in our... Well, I don't, I don't think religious is a bad bad word. I mean, if you, uh, Right now, for me, in my I journey, it. it's, I don't like but the if, word. But if, you look at, but if you look at some of the commentary, you it can be said, if you look at, uh, you know, within the Bible, Cornelius or some of the other folks, religious and devout was not considered a bad word. It means they were consistent in their faith and the things they practiced, so... When I say religiously religious, I mean, they were the volunteers. These are people that went, that were active in general. I mean, we know several people that um, had a lot of years put in and just didn't go back, whether it was a pandemic related or not. 
there's just a big drop off and a lot of them are our age and you know why why do you think that is or do you speculate you know in, in broad terms there's probably a million reasons i think there's many of reasons i can only speak from my own personal experience um and i can maybe share a bit from what friends have shared right for some it was where they stood because of pandemic and all the stuff that was going on um, politically, some of the places that they attended, they were taking a stance that they just didn't agree with. And, you know, that's one case. I think there's, there's another friend, her and her family stopped attending because they realized that their connection as a family became closer Mm -hmm. and their relationship with God grew deeper through pandemic. And they're like, huh, like (laughs) we're, we're growing more, learning more, um, web surfing or, or church web surfing. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. I think flip side is, is there any correlation that Sunday brunch attendance has increased? Oh yeah. I mean, many Sunday, (laughs) well, you know, we, 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 we are Sunday brunchers. Um, although the Sunday before last, right, you were at the gym yeah. and, um, I woke up when you left, I mean, pretty early and I just like had this desire to be in church. I wanted to go and be part of com- community worship. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember I walked in David's room. I'm like, hey, you need to start getting ready because when dad gets back, we're going to go to church. He was like, what? And I was like, hey, that's, that's who we are. Like at home, this is who we are. But I, she's like, why? Like, <laughs> yeah, we just do it here. And I'm like, because I want to go be part of the community. So like, I'm not anti-church. I just no longer feel the need to go on Sundays at a certain time to a certain place and give of my time in that space because I have found other avenues where I give of my time, I give of my money, and I see it um, being used in, in areas that speak to my heart in the organizations that I want to support. Yeah. Does that make sense? Well, it, it does make sense. And I, and I think that there's a lot of people in this space that since COVID or whether it's before that, uh, they've made decisions, you know, in their life, whether active decisions or just, you know, one Sunday at a time, they just made those decisions that this is where, where I'm at. But I think for us, as you mentioned, and, and for anybody who's been following our Facebook live channel, you know, through our journey, there have been many days where we just sat in the piano and we sang worship songs, things right. that comforted us. And we've always said we're, we are worshipers at heart. You right. know, we worship because it draws us closer in, in spirit when, when I'm playing and you're singing. And we did that before. Peace. We were married, and we've been doing that for a long time. And there's also something special about that corporately when you, you know, your neighbor, where you are in fellowship and you're acknowledging your creator and giving thanks. I do think there's something special about that. But I think that the motives behind it, maybe that change where it's like, I got to be there because, you know, I get a check mark or I'm a good Christian or, or I whatever get a check. 
whatever the reason is, yeah. There's. I mean, that's that. Yeah, there's just, people just that are hired. It is. And and because uh, if if they didn't get a check, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> so that that is the case for people <laughs> that are hired. That that's their job. But um, but it but it is who we are, and so we we talk about this kind of uh, church attendance decline, which is different than deconstruction or deconstructing right. faith. That's just a decline, but I think it could be a, de- a reflection of the bigger issue. And as we think about um, unpacking, and what do you think that is? Just sort of curious because you asked me like what I thought the reason was. What do you feel the reason is as to why? Why did you stop going? Well, I think that that there is, um, for me, uh, I think for my whole life, I, you know, if I didn't go to church on a Sunday, in the back of my mind, you know, it was, you need to do this, if not something bad could happen to you, you're not remembering, you're not remembering God, and um, something bad could happen, you know, same with like anything else that was put on you, and when you live through the pandemic, you're like, oh, I'm still alive. I didn't die, and I didn't go to church. I guess I can still. Or going. right. Or when tragedy happens, or when tragedy and happens. you did give everything and every ounce of right. who you are, and it still happens. You're like, okay, I don't believe it to be that. My faith is still intact. Well, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't. I don't believe it to be dogmatic. A plus B equals C, and you know. That, as humans, I think we just tend to like formulas. I need a formula. Give me the steps to equal X, Y, Z. And I think for the pandemic, that blew up a lot of people's notion or formula. It shook up their routine where they're like, I was ready for something different anyways. This shook me up. I mean, whether it was people going back into the office work, they're like, I like working from home. And it shook people up in such a big way that they reconsidered what do you do with that one day of the week? And when you think of it in terms of your life, that that is a big deal. But where I want to take this, um, you know, when you talk about deconstructing faith, um, is what it, what does that mean? And what it means to me is um, people that I've talked to that have deconstructed, I'm talking to people that were very, very, very involved, um, then picking apart the religion and saying, what do I actually believe? I know what I was taught from birth, things like that. And what do I actually believe on this? Whether it's from a biblical aspect or whatever religion they're from, right. do I still believe it? Does it still fit the reason why I chose that? And if not, I'm not choosing to put that into my wheelhouse. And they truly are deconstructing faith in a way that they're looking at where does it fit in my life and if it doesn't fit you know do i have a shelf for it i'm still thinking about it or just do i just throw it out completely and that's a scary place when you're used to being settled what you believe to deconstructing right the new building may not look like the old building it may be totally there may not be a building i may mm-hmm. just walk away from the property and <laughs> it's a it's it's a whole it, deconstructing uh, is scary because is. you are totally de, um, detangling yourself from the situation and especially those tenants that have held you together. It's a scary place to be. It could be. And, um, and it's like a, a divorce with your church family because that's how, I mean, I feel we've sort of experienced that 
to a certain extent. Yeah. People that were like, oh, you're my sister, you're my brother, I love you, you're family. Like, haven't heard from them in three years. It happens. It happens. It's like a divorce, right? It's like, oh, you're not part of this anymore, so therefore... It happens at work, too. They say, we're a work family, but then every on and, you know, it it is a big deal because it it speaks to our our identity, our position, who we are, our value, and our worth, and that's why it is tragic, and this is how cults form, because people put all their eggs in that basket. Um, But I, I do think that that is a big piece on why people are questioning it, and the pandemic gave people time to reconsider all of those pieces with having that pause that they just yeah. didn't have otherwise. And uh, when you look at the chart, it's like the the baby boomers, 77% of them still going to church, right? Seven out of 10, almost eight out of 10, they're going. The the Gen Xers slid down almost under 50% where the millennials are at. Biggest slide in the shortest period all that of time. Tithe, where is it? <laughs> It's 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 a big deal. It is a big I mean, deal. I'm not I don't mean to laugh. That, but I you're right, there's people that Where's you're right, time? but um, that 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 is a big piece of it. But where where I want to take this is for the folks that, and we've talked to folks that were right. very very heartfelt, involved in their faith, in their church, in their community, even had roles in the church that said, "I'm so angry for whatever reason." That I'm, I'm not even just walking away from my church attendance, but I, I reject God. I reject everything. Whether and, you call it that, agnostic or atheist, they just, I'm so hurt that yeah. I just completely reject and, it, and, and I that, don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and and a lot of that came from abuse and and abuse in the form of yes, you hear a lot of different churches organizations. Um, that have had journeys and have dealt with like sexual abuse, immoral that, but this abuse that we have been um, told about has been spiritual abuse. Or what about just burnout? I mean, and full out. Well, that's a, it. Yeah, burnout, but burnout from the abuse of of just the constant there was there was a hammer always and always made to feel guilty or that you know it was never enough because you can never outgive god you can never do more like there it's never enough like we should be so indebted and grateful that god saved us from a burning hell that we should do everything always and it should look like X, Y, and Z. And and I I do believe that, and I believe that there's been a lot of people that have just burned out, meaning I'm giving more than I'm getting back, and eventually I'm depleted to the point that I'm suffering, and it's either I stay here and it's really bad for me in every aspect, or I need to cut ties. And that burnout is real, and um, having been involved in church leadership, church ministry, church volunteer, church whatever you call it, as long as I can remember in my my life, that's a real thing. And it comes from people that are sincere. And and I also believe it comes from leaders who do believe that they are carrying out the vision that uh, they believe in their hearts, you know, whether it's uh, the, the Great Commission of go and teach all believers, 
and you know they're bought in. It's a, it's a sincere notion for many of them. I'm not going to say every, but right. for many of, of them, of course, because you do and it. And it's with... a sincere notion for people that sign up for the job, but then the burnout sets in, and it's at what cost? You know, having been a part of it and being a kid raised in it, I know a lot of kids who they're like, yeah, but where was this at? Their their childhood, as they reflect on things, there was a big cost. And that burnout is real. And I and I want to take that from that denial where people just completely walk away from is where we have come into this. And I think you, you explained it a little bit before with our, dis, our deconstruction has been like a box, mm-hmm. right? The box is here and the block, box is blown up. We haven't thrown away the box. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, well, I, you know, just just looking back, I'm not a PK, but I was raised under the pew, so I'm not, you know, I, I didn't come from your world of a pastor's kid. But my parents served, Yeah. you know, in all capacities, my, you know, just forever. And I was raised under the pews, and so raised in a very dogmatic um, organization that... I still love because so it's where I come from yeah. and it's it's just not who I am anymore. Um, so I so not to to speak bad, but in, in order for me to to explain, I've got to share. Um, so went from that, we were married X amount of years, and then we decided to it was time to to we were seeking something else and went to a non-denominational and um and so it was like we stepped away from the rules and you know the you're going to go to hell for all the things um type of believing and it went to straight to just relationship but it it was still very dogmatic in in the day-to-day and so in doing all the things wholeheartedly like i served wholeheartedly my heart was to do what I did um, and unto the Lord. And, and truly, I mean, it's who we are, as to your point, we're wor- that's who we are. We're worshipers, yeah. And when Zan transitioned and, you know, I just, I was left at a place of like, really? Like, this isn't what I believe. Like, God, like, what? This doesn't add up to everything I was taught and believed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked, we've talked about like the covering and if you're covered, good only happens and you'll, you'll go through things, but I just never imagined what we walked through to be our journey. So I cling to God more than ever, but everything that I thought to be didn't add up. So that box just truly blew up. It was like, a bomb was in there and it exploded. And so now it's like, okay, my relationship with God is deeper than ever. I mean, we here have worship sessions and our neighbors come over, right? We're able to sing and do all these things. And um, so we still have those moments and still in relationship. I just don't personally believe that I need to go to church on Sunday in order for my relationship. Church on Sunday. Oh, close on Sunday. Close on Sunday. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. 
you know, and so that's where I'm at. Yeah. And, and did that answer your question? And that, that was where we're going, which is our personal, our personal faith that's been really rebranded. So, well, there's been an aspect of deconstruction of faith where people have said, I deny or I don't know, or I just don't want to talk about it. I think our our deconstruction, if we want to call it that, I don't like labels, but if you want to call it that, it's really just brought us closer to number one, and I'll, I guess I'll speak for me, God, my Father, intimate with me, knowing every crevice, every piece, and still choosing to love me. And number two, brought us closer to people because they're not as far away as I once thought. You know, I had, I, like that. I had, well, you got to be born again and you got to say the prayer and you got to do this, you got to do it. And then, and then you'll be in the family. And, you know, there's, there's some really good teachings and things that I've, I've learned around what that really means to be born again. And, uh, it, it's, you know, most, many of the things that I think that we've learned and taught they just don't add up with how good Jesus is yeah. and how interested he is in being close to people that we would call sinners or not saved or not born again. He's all over those places, just like he was when he was on earth. Right. And uh, that has just really, really brought me comfort because I'm far from it. I put myself in the camp of, you know, if he can save anybody, he can save me, he can save you. And when I say save... I'm talking about just having a relationship. I'm not talking about heaven, and I'm not talking about hell. And since we're we're mentioning that topic, I do believe that that when he said he came to reconcile the earth, right? He reconciled the earth. The good news is that he's had he has communion with all mankind, right? And um, this horrible feeling, you know what that. And I'll just quickly share, there was a scripture where Jesus was here. They were getting rejected from a town. The disciples wanted to call down fire and burn everybody up, just like Elijah. And he turned around and he rebuked them. And he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. But what do we have here in 2023, the last several years? Fire, you're going to burn fire. And Jesus would say, you, you, you don't know what spirit you're of. That's not me or my father. Hold on, let me give you a microphone. Can you say so, that louder? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying, I, and I and I'm not making fun. I just I just love, and I'm I'm intrigued because we we talk about this, but I just the passion and the knowledge that you have been gaining from just these, especially most recently, and then we have a group, our friends, um, we call ourselves the disruptors. It's a private group. <laughs> And, you know, from all over, just childhood friends of ours that are theologians and in different aspects yeah. of, and, and they know, you know, they know word. It's just incredible. And I, I, it makes me laugh in a joyous manner because I'm like, God is so good that he's allowed us to he's experience good. a level of love and peace in the midst of chaos, tragedy, because I can only imagine if we were walking through this in the world we came from, Yeah. how 
jacked up we would be. And, and, and I'm not even using the word I wanted to say because we would be feeling the guilt. What did we do wrong as parents? We didn't do enough. Was it when I was 17 and I made that dumb choice? Or was it, you know, you go back to pulling out every skeleton that shouldn't even be mentioned because it's covered. And I'm just, I, I laugh out of pure joy to know that God is so good to me. Yeah. And just as good as he is to me, he's as good as, you know, he's he's that good even with my neighbor yeah. who doesn't. Well, he, he loves him. And, and, yeah. and for anybody that's out there, if you've never done it, Google Luke chapter 15. It'll take you to a Bible website somewhere. Read that chapter. If you want to know who Jesus was, read Luke chapter 15. And you'll see in the beginning of that chapter, they said the Pharisees, the religious people, were angry that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors were in that in that day the bottom of the barrel. And they said, How can you you eat with them? How can you be with them? How can you make them part? And Jesus gives three parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like this. And in the first parable, he says, uh, he, he talks about the good shepherd that, that has a hundred sheep. And that what good shepherd would leave the 99 sheep because one is lost and go after him. He's comparing that one lost sheep to the sinner that has never accepted Jesus, doesn't know. He, he compares, right? I, I heard it said one time in a preaching, oh, not, everybody's got creation, but they're not all his sons. No, in that story, that sheep is his son. In the second story, he said a woman loses 10 coins. She loses one. She goes crazy. She tears up the house looking for that one coin. And the third story, which is the most potent, it's the father with two sons. The one says, I want my inheritance. I'm going to go away. And he's wildless living. And he goes out. And while he's yet far away, he says, I'm starving. I'm going to go back to my dad's house. And while he's far away, the father comes, runs towards him, and embraces him and kisses him on the neck. The father sees us the sinners and the tax collectors, like he sees that prodigal son. And that is the goodness of the father. And that, when I talk about deconstructing, as I see everybody in that camp, the only people that were not in that camp were the religious people. They said, we're mad. He did all this bad. He was with prostitutes. He was drunk. How is he your son? How are you giving him a robe? He didn't cry and beg for mercy. You didn't put him on probation. You just welcome him back. I'm ticked off. That's how audacious the grace of the Father is for his children. And when I deconstructed my faith, it's opened my eyes that there are no boundaries to his love. It's reckless. It is reckless. So that's my message to you is if you're on your journey of spiritual faith, um, you know, something doesn't feel right. Don't keep, don't stop asking questions, um, but know that you are loved. And that is our message to you uh, from the Zanu Matter Foundation, CEO and president, <laughs> or from this podcast, The Real Shit. Real Shit. It's the Real Shit podcast. The Real, real Shift. <laughs> uh, that you matter. And we, uh, we want you to know that you're loved. 
Hey, and, and can you share who are the, your two favorite when it comes to deconstruction? Who, who you do know, you listen to? I who are you do, do on really Instagram? Love Rob Bell, who's Rob out there, Bell. Love Wins. Um, I like uh, Don Heathley. And uh, really appreciate Dan McClellan, who's out there on IG. These are folks that I've come across that have really, you know, you're going to question some stuff. But at the end of the day, every after all the rhetoric, it did it. It comes down to just knowing that you love you. You have a heavenly Father that loves you, loves. that cares about you, that will move heaven and earth, just like I would for my son. He loves you, and uh, you matter. You matter. All right. We hope you enjoyed. Thank you, guys. Like and share. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>